is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Picking Corners, a box lacrosse channel production presented by Stick Grip, our first official sponsor. We're excited to have them as part of the show supporting us. If you want to check out their product, go ahead and head over to www.stickgrip.com. I think I said that all right. We're pumped to be back with you. We don't have Garrett. Garrett's under the weather. Garrett's got something going on with him. Garrett's sick. Garrett's got this and this. Hopefully, Buddy's drinking a lot of Gatorade and getting some fluids and not DJing and skipping out in the show. You know, we hope. (laughs) Anyway, we're back. We're pumped to be back with you guys. Um, Got myself, Tucker LaBelle, Cammy Mack, and our first uh, dual PLL NLL guest, Brett Dobson of the Archers and the Georgia Swarm. And I just realized, is there anybody else we've, we've sat down with PLL-wise? I don't think we have. I don't think so. I think Brett's I said right that. Now. I just said that to sound like it sounded like it was a good line going into it. So <laughs> could have been wrong. But you know what? I don't think anyone's going to fact check you. I'll be honest. Yeah, well, you know, my stat line I was referencing last week was total hogwash. I realized that after listening to the podcast yesterday that I had no idea what I was referencing. And it was just saying it incorrectly. <laughs> so thank you for nobody referencing me. The good news on this week's episode is I can pick winnable games and you cannot, Cam, um, because we have now quickly learned that my outlandish picks that everyone was chuckling at, including Marshall last week, um, actually uh, got me got me some way with that three and one you know record in the, the NLL playoff picks. Just want to point that out, man. Um, if you need any betting help or anything like that, I, I'm available, uh, contracted per hour. I can get you NLL bets, apparently. So Yeah, just what you needed is a bigger head. Um, Great. But- no, no. I thought that was funny, though. So, yeah. interestingly, add, add to that, um, as I was driving yesterday to Chicago to see your high school team play, um, I'm over here trying to dodge people in the streets that are jumping out in front of my cars and such. Uh, I got that notification, that post went out, and it was just like, Sweet victory, man. Sweet victory. I almost, hit, I almost hit someone in front of my car as they were walking out in front of the busy streets of Chicago, but I was I was focused on picking corners, you know, prior. Yeah, Brett, to give you a little context, we decided to to make picks last week for the elimination round for the playoffs. Um, and if you can't tell, Tucker made the most correct picks, and and unfortunately, I did I did not make very many correct picks. Where did you guys go wrong? Who'd you guys take? Uh, Tucker took was the only person to take the mammoth. Um, which I mean, I, I could have probably told you the mammoth might have pulled that one. I was, I mean, you play a team three times. Um, the way I felt like it kind of shifted, uh, the second time they played them right before the end of the mm-hmm. season. And I, I don't think you can ever count out Dylan Ward. No, that, not at all. And then I think, uh, you know, I definitely, I, I'm on, I'm on the mammoth right now. Like I, I, I'm something about them in the playoffs. It's just magical. So, uh, <laughs> Tucker was the only person to pick the mammoth. We all we all thought, thought the seals were going to be able to pull it out, and uh, yeah, I'm just telling you, man. Uh, you know, whatever hashtag Tusk up or whatever the freaking hashtag is, but uh, I just I just want to point out, man. Like, there's a lot of support for that team, and they have a cool fan base, and they're in freaking Denver, Colorado, of all places, which is an awesome city. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff and a lot of cool reasons. Where did it? Where was I? So I missed one, and. Was it the, the Toronto game? Uh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We picked Halifax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, looking back at that, I, I must have been peer pressure. I don't know why I would have. Oh, no, no, no. Schreiber no, no. was out. Brand. I was in the yeah. brand. Thought the brand. Yeah, cause also because Schreiber was out as well. Um, right. So, you know, we thought that that would, would have an impact, but it just. Oh, actually, through. Marshall said that. That was Marshall's idea. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Whatever excuses you have to come up with to justify your your losing pick there but 
Sorry. Um, should we talk about the games coming up here now? So, honestly, Brett, I'm, I'm curious. I, I think we talked to Marshall about it last week, but the fact that you have an elimination game in the first round and then the other other rounds are are more of a series, what do you think about that? Are the kind of interesting preparing for one game as opposed to obviously potentially two or three? Um, yeah, it's a little different. Like, I think, like, for me, like, looking at it this year and being a rookie, it's first time experience, that kind of thing. Usually when you go up through the junior rankings in Canada, it's a series. Um, but, you know, I feel like as a young goalie, if something was kind of brought up as the swarm, we're kind of going through it. Like, you know, you look at the first round games like Rochester, like Hartley's a really good goalie, but he's young. Like, you have to go through, like, a, a tough loss to understand that it's just another game and kind of go through things, right? Same thing that happened to Del Bianco when he was younger. So I think and even Wardo, I think, as well. So I think, like, looking at it like that, it's difficult. But at the same time, like, you got to understand, too, that, like, when you get in the series, like, a lot of teams this year played series, like, back-to-back. Like, you played um, – you would play one game on, like, a Saturday, and the next weekend you played on the road uh, at the other place, same place, right? So I think a lot of these teams are probably used to that kind of series stuff sure. now, just based off it. But, again, the stakes are a little higher, so – um, I think you just got to be ready for whatever team makes in-game adjustments and you got to be able to adjust to what they do on the fly as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the games for this upcoming round and uh, there's actually a game tonight, which is interesting, on a Thursday, uh, <laughs> which is great because I'm glad that I have something to watch tonight. But at the same time, I feel like that's pretty tough as a player where you're used to you know, just, just having everything on the weekend and traveling that way. And now you got to come out during the week and – you know, probably get there, what, Tuesday, Wednesday, Brad? How often do you get – or how early do you guys go out to, to games? Is it usually a couple of days ahead of time, or what is that? So it depends on the team. So for us, like, we would go um, – because you're only allowed one practice time a week. For oh, the that's hour. right. Mm-hmm. So we would have our practice because a lot of – we only have, like, three or four guys that live in market in Georgia. So we would have guys fly out um, the day before. So we would practice that night. Like, if we play on a Saturday, we would practice on Friday. So um, we would – be there a day earlier wherever we would go so i'm assuming they would probably there on wednesday uh if that just to kind of get a practice in and go from there i know there's a lot of is it in calgary or is it in in uh colorado this one's in colorado so they probably flew out yeah wednesday there's a lot of practice arenas out there Perfect. um or again you could also look at like this like i know a lot of guys do do, do work and it's the playoffs right um per cba you gotta pay like the missed work days out so i don't know if they went out there but as a player you don't mind the midweek games because like yeah you fly out Wednesday, that's one day I've missed work. Thursday's another day I've missed work. You fly out Friday. If you don't leave before 10 a.m., that's another day I've missed work. So that paycheck on top of the playoff paycheck's not the worst in the world. Oh, that's crazy. I, I honestly it isn't something I've heard before, but that's uh just an interesting concept. And yeah, it's almost like getting overtime, right? <laughs> like getting getting some some time and a half for working on the weekdays, which that's that's pretty cool. Um Tucker, do we want to do picks again? I feel like your answer is probably yes because you're riding a high right now. But I mean, yeah, like I you put me in a corner with Calgary and Colorado. Um, so I, if we're gonna do it, let's do it. Um, there's what? There's four games to pick. Are there? There's two matchups, but they're a series now. So you got to take into account that they're playing multiple games, right? So maybe we just let's. Oh shit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's pick. Let's pick Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday of this week, and then we'll leave the following week. Um, if that, if the case were to come up, we'll we'll pick that later on. Sounds good, Brad. Are you comfortable making picks with us as well? 
Yeah, I just I I'll give you the heads up now. I'm, I'm I'm kind of on a fence right now. I really don't know what to expect, and there's so much that could happen. And if you overthink it, look at it like it's not like you could like I feel like the first round you kind of had an idea. Like there's really no idea what's going to happen right now. Yeah, and I don't think you're alone, right? I, I think a lot of people feel that way, and honestly, I just think that's great for the NLL in general, right? That it's so competitive, um, and and there's a lot of great lacrosse being played. So, Tucker. Tonight, Calgary, Colorado, who do you got? Uh, you know, I honestly, I think I was, I think I was really strongly adamant on uh, Calgary before they played Panther City. Um, and like, I'm glad they won against Panther City, but that score is, I think, a little bit too close for me. Um, and I feel like, again, the mammoth they're used to be in the postseason, man, they, they perform well in the postseason. They've got championships. They've got the support. I'm going freaking Colorado on this one. Colorado over Calgary tonight. So what I what I think is interesting looking at this is I really do think that more than ever, the home field advantage is going to come into play here because you have four franchises that all have large fan bases and very, very loyal fans. So for me, I, I'm going to go Colorado. Um, I'm on that train now after <laughs> after you – we actually – Brett, uh, he had to FaceTime me during the game to let me know that he was kicking my ass, which is hilarious, I guess, to Tucker. But uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm on the bandwagon now. I'm, I'm Colorado. I'm, let's tusk up, baby. Let's do it. Brett, who do you got in that one? Looking at it from my perspective um... – I think I'm going to have to go Calgary and the reason why for this game, but I, cause I think Colorado is going to get the second game because they're, they're a veteran team. Like both of those teams, right. technically speaking, I think were the last two champions in the NL. Are they not? Yeah. I think it was like the, before the COVID year. So yeah. I think that like with how it goes, I think knowing what I know about Delbs and knowing what I know about Wardle, I think Delbs is going to have a really good game one because a lot of those guys are BC guys from Coquitlam area that he's played with or against, and he, he knows the book pretty well in those shooters. Um, I think that, like, their offense – a lot. I have a couple guys that went to Denver, too, they're going to be fired up to be playing back in Denver for this game. Nice. Um, so I'm going to be going with uh, Calgary, but I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's – I mean – I'm just super excited that I get to come home and practice and actually <laughs> have some NLL to watch instead of watching. Last night I was watching Riptide Warriors last game of the season just because I'm You're trying talking to. talking about you went to a concert last night. Well, yeah. Well, when I get home at night, I throw on the NLL because I'm just that dedicated. Um, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. All right. I'm I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my pick for the next game Friday. Uh, Toronto-Buffalo. I mean, that's, that's an awesome matchup. But, I, I mean, Buffalo – you can't deny that they just look so dominant, especially against Rochester. Um, obviously, Toronto's a different a different team, uh, and they they've got a lot of a lot of power behind them as well. But I don't know. I just think Buffalo really has a lot of momentum going right now, and and especially at home, I think I'm going to have to go with Buffalo. So I'm I'm picking the home teams. I mean, right. is, is Schreiber is Schreiber projected to be back for this game? I haven't I, seen anything. I think so. I think so, but they haven't activated him yet. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Is that coming into play for you again, Tuck? Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it, it might matter more against Buffalo, um, but I will say on Toronto's behalf, they, they show that, you know, they, they've got depth and they, you know, they know what they're doing out there. So, well, yeah. Down, so, yeah. I, uh, damn, this is, this is kind of a tough one for me because, like, 
I, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, the squads are similar. Um, and I think their backstories are, are similar in a lot of ways. Um, I, there's, I mean, obviously you have a little bit of younger talent that's pretty hot right now on Buffalo, but then Toronto, you have some kind of vintage guys who've been around the game for a long time and have crazy good careers. Um, I, I think I'm taking Buffalo in one over Toronto, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of going back to what Brett said about the previous game. I, I could kind of see this going one game in one game type thing. So I'm going, I'm going Buffalo game one. I mean, it's really tough because I mean, we could be absolutely wrong, right? Is this game, is this game in, in Hamilton or is it in Buffalo? Buffalo, I think. All right. So I'm going, yeah, I'm going Buffalo on one. Um, you know what I saw that I thought was interesting? I feel like this definitely has to do with just scheduling the stadiums. But the series for Toronto Buffalo is Buffalo home, Toronto home, Buffalo home. For Calgary, Colorado, it's Colorado home and then Calgary home twice. So I I don't think that there's many other leagues that do that. Where they I think that's like I think that's like flight based. I think so. Like if you think about so. Uh, I'm assuming so. This, does Calgary play? Is it only Thursday they play this week? Yeah, uh, no, oh, they, no, they play on Saturday as well. Thursday, Saturday, and then it'd be the following week after that. Yeah, and they play Saturday. Uh, would be the third game if it goes to that. Okay, and then Buffalo's would be split up to like that next weekend. Yeah, so Buffalo is going Friday, Saturday, and then Saturday next weekend if they have to. I, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I think it's just based on the CBA. With stuff and how it's going, right? But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I really don't really, I, I really have no idea what to say for this Buffalo Toronto game, though. Like, I don't know what to expect. It's in Bandit Land. So, what I can tell you is, I think Toronto's D by a slight edge is better than Buffalo's, but I think Buffalo's O is better than Toronto's O with or without Trevor, just because of how my, how many guys they've gotten back now that are healthy? Like I don't like not the knack on Toronto. Like I know they're a really good team. Like yeah, they up pretty good. Like I, I understand that. Um, I just think that like if you get past Toronto's D, it's tough to score on Rosie. But Buffalo's always able to do that. Where um, it's even harder to score on Vino if you get past uh, Buffalo's D, right? So I don't know what to expect for that game either. So I, I I'm on a fence, but. Um, I'll go I'll, I'll stick with Toronto then I guess because you know offense wins games defense wins championships <laughs> love it that's great all right so do we want to do picks for Saturday as well Tuck and then we can kind of jump into to Brett's interview here yeah Saturday I'm just flopping I'm I'm taking I, I agree with um actually you know what forget that I picked Colorado in the first one I'll pick Colorado in the second one but I am going to pick Toronto in the second one um, instead of Buffalo. So I'm just going to flop, except for the Colorado. I'm staying Colorado across, but then I'm swapping in game two with Buffalo and Toronto. So I, I personally think that Buffalo is going to win game two. So I'm going Buffalo back to back. And then I'm going to pick Calgary to beat Colorado at home. Um, yeah. So I'm going Colorado in the first matchup, Calgary in the second, and Buffalo in both. Um, but either way, I'm super pumped. What, Brett, round us out here. What do you got? Um, I think I'm gonna have to go Colorado in three and then uh Buffalo in three. All right. So you're saying okay. Toronto wins this first game, then Buffalo and then Toronto in three. 
No, Buffalo isn't going to win the next. Well, two. Buffalo and three. So you're saying Toronto and then Buffalo is going to win two. Yep. Nice. All right. Sweet. Well, <laughs> I feel like the pressure is almost on now, especially with my piss poor performance from this this last weekend. But I'm gonna yeah. beat you out this this time, Tuck. So I'm coming for you. Okay. Um, and it's cool to to get perspective from a player too, right? You know, as a fan, you can sit here and, and talk about who you think is going to win, and it could absolutely not mean anything. But when you're actually playing these guys and experiencing this, and you know, part of the league, it's it's cool to to kind of hear your perspective, Brett. So I appreciate that. Um, if there's any, nothing else about the playoffs, I feel like we should just kind of jump in, Tucker. I feel like you've got some good questions for Brett, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you kick it off here. Oh, you always come, you always come loaded and excited. So I, I, I wanted to give you the opportunity first to rant. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, before we get to the question, I know we weren't supposed to do a read for stick grip, but I'm going to do an impromptu read because I really just want to do an impromptu read stick grip. The number one grip for baseball, softball, hockey, lacrosse, tennis, and I think they said pickleball in there as well, which is, uh, is, is coming on pretty hot, but the, oh, the, the gentleman's game. Sure. The lacrosse side of things, stick grip has you equipped with hexagon or diamond shape grip with a thickness of 1.8 millimeters and a weight of 36.2 gram. It won't add too much to your stick while still giving you optimal grip and quick installation stick grip, your number one source for lacrosse stick grip. Yeah, I will say, honestly, uh, it, it looks like it goes on easy and comes off easy. I think the thing with for me is like I stopped putting tape on my stick because it just came off after a couple of weeks and I had to continue to, to tape my stuff. I'm not somebody that just like does the whole like tape stick. I like the, the thin, the thin tape. Uh, so I've kind of gone away from grip, but I'm really excited. I know our, our uh, producer Al said that they're going to send us some product to try out. So I'm pumped to, you know, kind of talk about it for, before we get that and then you know come back in our next episode and hopefully be able to to tell you know the the audience what we think about it but Brett you know not to get too deep into it I'm just curious from a goalie standpoint I I have to assume that grip is pretty important um in in terms of you know probably box and field right I mean does that differ how you know you're either taping up your stick or the, the kind of grip that you're using do you use it like tape at all what does that look like for you yeah, like I use, uh, like I just wrap the top of the head just because it feels more fluid on the top for, for field. And then in box, I use like a, like I twirl the white tape underneath and I like go pro wrap and all. And nice. then I'll, um, I'll um, what's it called? I'll uh, use like that like grip tape on top of it and then wrap it. So that way, like my hand stays there, but I'm still able to like move my hand off of it easily, but still get a good grip where I'm not really getting beat five all that badly <laughs> yeah absolutely well if we get some uh some product here we might have to send it out to you and see what you think but um go for it Doc. okay well um first and foremost you know we're gonna talk um a little nll a little pll the contrast between the two um i know the, the recent kind of rumor of news of um pll going more uh, location-based has excited some people uh, maybe excited some more general nll fans that they maybe will get um some PLL, you know, games in their area more full-time. There's an exciting piece there, but I guess first and foremost, man, the, the college experience, um, you know, you, you played up at St. Bonnie, St. Bonaventure, um, originally from Ontario. What was, what was the experience like going up to Bonaventure and were you, were you the first class through or the second class through the program? So I, I was the first class to go there. I was actually the first recruit and commit to go there. So nice. um, for me, I, uh, Second I got there, I loved it. I was already sold with Coach Mearns being the Canadian national team. 
um, that I felt like being able to build a program um, was something that was going to be huge for me to be a part of. Like, you're not many guys are able to do that, and you're like a staple of that. Um, and for me, like with the way that it kind of all worked out, like being one of the first guys to get drafted in the PLL, the first guy to go in the first round, of the NLL, um, and building it all up from the ground, like that's like not to say that I am the poster child of that program, but I feel like a lot of stuff's always going to come back to me there. So um, when Coach Mertens had kind of pitched that to me, I was sold on it. And originally I was supposed to be a phys ed teacher um, and the program was transferable back to Canada. So um, I didn't end up finishing with a phys ed degree. I switched out of it um, and I do lacrosse full time now. Um, but uh, it was still an enjoyable four years I had. I loved it so much. I went back for the fall semester um, after I decided not the fifth year to volunteer coach. Um, just because I didn't know what was going to happen with the NLL draft yet and um, was using it to train for the playoffs for the PLL as well. So, um, yeah, that's that, that's my home. I'm proud of it. It's a little small, small university, but it's in the middle of nowhere. But it was really, really enjoyable. And I, some of my best friends are some of the guys I went there with. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And I enjoyed that kind of whole aspect of things. That's pretty cool. Talk about, uh, yeah, with, with Coach Mearns being the, the Canadian national coach there and what that means to um, young Canadian players, you know, playing for somebody that they're familiar with and, you know, could help them out in the future to go there and play for him. What is that pipeline like or what does that mean for the future of Canadians going there? Um, you know, I think it's good and bad. I think a lot of Canadians, you understand that the, you know, the dollar is not great right now and that a lot of um, not a lot of families have a lot of money. So you can always get one or two good Canadians, but it's tough. And we've had this conversation with him where um, you get you only get a certain number of full scholarships each year. Uh, we were lucky enough to be fully funded. Um, a lot of these guys, um, you know, it's tough to get, you know, a good deal there for Canadians to be able to go there, but he's able to find a way to work it um, and work it so that some Canadians can get in there. But I think that, um, like, he just understands it. Like, he knows guys are grinding out the summers playing box in Canada and trying to win a Minto Cup and all that kind of stuff. So he knows that, like, if you need some time off, you need some time off. But if you're also preparing, like, for me – when I was there, it was uh, the fall classic where a couple of events that we did one before COVID and then we had one after COVID for Team Canada. Like once I would got, get there in the fall, like that's what I was pushing towards. And he knew that and, you know, did his best to help me out with that kind of stuff. And I think that um, what he's most uh, helped a lot of our guys out of recently is, um, you know, all, <laughs> I remember he had his presentation when recruits would come through and he was running it through and just to see like, hey, if you're a recruit, like, what do you think about this? And it's like, a list of guys that are coaches, GMs in the NLL and coaches and GMs in the PLL that he's played with, won championships with, or with the school with. And it's literally like every single one. So it's like, all I got to do is a phone call. It's like you walk into like an agent's office and um, in the NBA, it's like, Hey, I want to get drafted to this team. Can you call them? He's got them. He's played with them. He's got a relationship with them and he can sell you and be able to, um, you know, sell you on a player. Cause that's his dream. He wants guys that want to go play in the NLL and the PLL. And why wouldn't you want guys to build your program around that and understand that if you're going to be a lacrosse full-time guy, you can do it here too. So um, he's done a really good job with that. I mean, we had six guys go in the last draft. That was more than any other school um, last year. That's amazing. Wow. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool. Cam, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, to, to kind of move from there to more specifically, I, I want to talk about that video of your friends reacting to – you being selected by the archers um for you know walk me through that where were you it looked like it was potentially a some sort of bar or back room or something like that uh did you guys rent it out you know what was the what was the plan there and, and then what did it feel like when you heard your name and everyone was really excited for you um so that that day was it started off a little rough i'll go back and start with it 
because um, I had no idea what was going to happen because like you you see a lot of the stuff and on the social media and like you're like oh only one goalie is going to get drafted maybe no goalie is going to get drafted if it's one it's going to be Owen McElroy or it's going to be Colin Kirst and nobody had really mentioned anything about me going um, largely because I went to a small school like St. Bonaventure and there's always talk about like well he's not playing in the ACC he's not doing this but it's like yeah but like you know division one shots are still division one shots like you're still getting peppered Absolutely. Like the speed of the game is a little different, all that stuff. So uh, at the time I was actually going to, um, I was going to the hospital, I was getting my uh, x-ray down on my wrist. Cause I was just like, Hey, like, you know, I, I jammed it up. I thought I might've broke it um, in our Mac championship game. So I was getting that taken care of. And like my trainer, who's I've got a pretty good relationship with, like looking with me, he's like, man, like you're not yourself right now. Like what's up? I was like, yeah, I like I want to edge about this. He's like, dude, just relax. Like, you're one of the better goalies in the NCAA this year. If you're going to get drafted, you'll be fine. Go out, get banged up, have some fun. So I was like, okay. I got back, found out my wrist wasn't broken. I just kind of went through everything else just to make sure if I were to get drafted, like my body was still able to be, um, you know, be able to play and go to camp. Um, so I'm going through it. And as the day's going on, the drinks are starting to pile up, pile up, pile up. Um, and then eventually draft time rolls around. And I'm kind of on edge. I'm really nervous. Um, but I got a text from my coach saying, Hey, the archers told us, cause we had a good relationship with one of their coaches and said, Hey, we're going to take you as high as you possibly can. So going back to that draft last year, the talk was Chris Gray is going to go one, uh, who they have. I think Matt Moore is going to go two to the Atlas. And then obviously Arden Cohen was going to be a lock to go to the Redwoods, which made the most sense. But now when it flipped, it went, was now Gray, Arden Cohen, and nobody really knew who was going to go at four. So I thought there's a chance that maybe I could have gone there, but then Matt Moore slipped to four, which is perfect for us because he had a hell of a year last year. So I'm sitting there like, okay, all right, this could happen. First round goes by, like, all right, nothing's happened, nothing's happening. And now I'm kind of like looking around um, and seeing like the archers are on the clock right now. And like Bates, he goes, uh, I think I believe he goes uh, with our 12th overall pick. Uh, we're going to draft goalie Brett Dobson from St. Bonaventure University. As soon as I heard goalie and Brett, I, I went nuts and everybody else went <laughs> nuts. So we were in this bar called the, uh, the OP it's where, um, you know, all the lacrosse guys would hang out. Like uh, that's our spot where uh, we'd go after we win games and stuff like that. And the owner's a good guy. And we'd ask him like, Hey, like, I know it's uh, I think it was on like a Monday or Tuesday. Like, Hey, do you mind opening up late? Like there's a chance that this guy get drafted and you know, we want to have it here. This is where our kind of home is. So we had all the guys there from the team. Um, and then all uh, some of the girls from the women's team there as well. And we opened it up. So, once that kind of happened, it was crazy. My phone uh, was blowing up. So my phone was um, like on the verge of dying before the draft happened. And then oh, as, no. soon as, as soon as the draft pick happened, you get bombarded with stuff like tags and everything else on the social media. So went from there to my phone just dying, which is probably the best thing that could have happened because I was really emotional and pretty banged up. And um, for me, that was a goal and dream of mine to get drafted into the PLL as well as the NLL and like when it happened and you're there with all your teammates and they understand like, Hey, this is something that I've worked so hard to try and get to do and they get to live it with me. It was a really, really cool moment that like, I think, you know, for me highlight a lot of the, the hard work we did. And like, it was a high point for a lot of us, even though we had lost in the conference championship. Um, and I remember like it, all, it always pops up. Everyone's like, man, his boys are like, choking him out. Like, cause like a couple guys had their hands around cause they all wanted to hug me. They're so excited, but um, I know like I even had one of my teammates like crying because I got drafted because of how excited I was. Like I was in tears of like happy um to be drafted. And I was like kind of happy my phone died because I ended up calling 
if I called Batesy during the draft and I was like crying because it's all on the TV still, you probably would have heard of him like me crying on the phone to him. But um, I ended up calling our, our who's our goalie coach basically for the archers, Brian Kavanaugh in tears just saying like thank you like i you know you're not going to regret this decision and i'm going to try and win you guys a championship um all that kind of stuff we get drafted then like you go through it and you you thank the people that got you there um and you're in tears and it was a pretty unique scenario for me and like it was just a really good moment like one of my highlights of my lacrosse career being able to do it at university and, and now um they're, they're playing out if you look at it, i know there's talks of them putting one of my jerseys up right beside that tv where we got drafted um i gave one of the jerseys to frame there so um, that's gonna be really, really cool. I'm looking forward to that. That is one of the like more awesome stories that I've heard. Like that just it, it's so cool that you got to experience that with you know the people you're closest with, your your biggest fans, right? They're all pulling for you, they're so happy for you. And it it's just a big of a moment, like you said, for them as it is for you. And it's really awesome that you got to share that. Um where I, I'd kind of like to go next is I know we kind of uh, you and I talked obviously, you know, before this and telling you that we we actually just got approved for our media credentials for the uh, world lacrosse championship. So we're going to be going down there and covering that. And, and you're going to be a part of that as well. Correct. Yep. Yep. I'll, I'll be on team Canada for that. Yep. Awesome. So uh, what's it like, you know, obviously these big moments where you're getting drafted to pro teams, but it, it's got to be somewhat of a different animal when you're representing your country, right? Like how, you know, how does that feel? What does that mean to you? Uh, is it, is it something you take a little bit more seriously? Is it, you know, an honor thing like things like that? What, you know, yeah, so uh, I don't know if you guys can see. I'll fix my camera, but this is the from the Sixes World Championships. I have above my bed right here. So, um, any chance you get the opportunity to represent your country, there's no greater honor or feeling to do. Um, you know, you grow up, especially in Canada, you watch the World Juniors for hockey, you watch the Olympics, and you see the World World Championships. Like my first experience of this was in 2006 when they were in London. Um, my coach, who coached me growing up, Sean Williams, I was on the team. Um, I was six years old. I was there watching a lot of games. Um, you see that and it's like, as a kid, you're like, I want to play for team Canada one day and do, be that guy doing that. Right. So, um, watching that and seeing that kind of unfold and finally, like, I mean, I played in the sixes one, the sixes one was a tremendous honor. I feel like there's a lot of asterisks beside it cause it's sixes and not quote, quote, the real deal, um, for, for field. But for me, like, um, I have to understand that I'm probably going to make this team and then finally getting that phone call was, uh, you know, another great honor. Cause I feel like, you know, you look at this, these are the best 23 guys in the world right in Canada like you you get to put your name up there now beside the likes of Jeff T Josh Byrne Dylan Ward Dane Smith Brody Merrill um Graham Haas I think a few again like these are all guys like you're close with but like you start to move up the rankings I feel like of you know you go from being like a nobody to now people are talking about you in their households where you give kids like I've hopes and dreams now to kind of be the next you know Dylan Ward Brett Dobbs like for me I wanted to be the next Dylan Ward right and now I'm hoping to be able to kind of keep going with that and more kids will start being like, no, like I want to be the next breath option from Canada and see what I'm kind of doing. And um, the kind of culminate and all that kind of stuff. It's, a, it's again, it's, it's the greatest feeling in the world. You get to represent your country. There's no better honor to do that and hopefully be able to, def, uh, you know, bring home a gold medal, especially with how kind of things. And the last time around, I know there's a lot of bad taste in some of those guys mouths from, you know, that were on the team last time around, even watching it. You stay up all, you know, early or late, however you want to talk about because of the, uh, the time change and to see that unfold, like you're pissed off about that too, if you're a Canadian. So um, looking at it like that though, I mean, I'm excited though for the opportunity. Um, I'm, you know, we got to obviously get back in the flow of field things now once box ends and you start picking up in the PLL and then you go right there. Right. So you only got two or three weeks with these guys, you want to make the most of it. And 
as those two weeks go on, these guys are going to slowly become my teammates, become family, and you know we're going to be representing a nation, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I just have kind of one more follow-up, Tuck, and then you know if you have any final questions, I'll kick it back to you. But in terms of just the community in general, right? This is this is huge for lacrosse, and you know the fact that there's there's so many countries being represented, and it's just a, a big event, and you know you're having all these people come that are passionate about the game to be in like one place. Is that something that you know guys at your level and the pros? Or do you do you guys take time to recognize that? And, and is it something that you're excited about to see that there's so many more people out there around the world that love lacrosse? Yeah, like I think it's 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 something that you definitely do. You look at like I know um, from years past, a lot of the Canadian guys and what I've been told is a lot of the Canadian guys, no matter who you are, will always stop, sign autographs, talk to people about things, help out. Awesome. Right. Like I think that's just kind of the culture of how things have come up in Canada and how you were brought up. Um, and I think that for us, like understanding that these games as well are not only a big deal in the world, but this is also helping with the Olympic push. It was supposed to be in uh, in non-Victoria in Vancouver in BC or British Columbia, Coquitlam, I think. Um, and they moved it to San Diego um, to help make that push in front of the Olympic Committee to put it lacrosse in the Olympics um, and then hopefully help the sport grow in that way. And then also, like, you look at the NLL, you look at the PLL, you all want these revenues to start to grow and grow and grow. Um, and you start seeing these kind of, like, world lacrosse events and, you know, pretty soon, like as this event starts to grow, like when are we going to see the first Japanese lacrosse player in the PLL? There's from Japan. I'm not saying Japanese descent um, or something like that. When are we going to start to see all these different countries break the barrier yeah. where it's just not the Haudenosaunee, the Canadians and the Americans or even some of the um, the Australians as well, right? Because I think uh, Callum Robinson was one of the guys that was playing it for a while, right? So when are we going to start seeing different stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's really good for the game. And I think that, um, you know, it's going to, you know, start to carry out. I, I know Japan is very passionate about lacrosse. Uh, I remember having this conversation with Tom Schreiber before the sixes last summer. It was like, like, no, like we got to stop telling these guys and teaching these guys because they're really good. They're catching up. Like, it's not going to be, it's not like they're head and shoulders behind us. Like, we got to figure this out. Like, we can't keep giving them secrets because they take it all literally and go develop it. So that's, that's one thing that you can see. And I think that um, as you go through it, you see all these different cultures too. and um, what the sport means to them and the grassroots of it and everything else is great, right? So seeing that kind of stuff um, grow is huge. And I think, you know, I, I, I made a comment about it um, last summer. I was in San Francisco doing like a couple of clinics and camps. And like the fact that I'm from, you know, Oshawa, Ontario, which is near Toronto, um, and I'm all the way on the West Coast in San Francisco. And these kids have an idea of who I am and know who I am and know that that draft video or like I play for the Archers on number 45. Like that stuff's really cool. But now this is whole all going to open up and you see the whole world perspective and you know yeah. you'll see japanese guys be like oh like that's jeff teat or stuff like that right so um that's really really cool and never as a young kid growing up you never would have thought that people would be talking about you in that sense also yeah absolutely i mean it, it, it's just so great for the game i'm i'm pumped i've never been to a, a lacrosse event like this and you know I, i'm i'm almost like get you know like a like a little kid you know getting to come and see the best players in the world play and and it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome uh might might try to snag you if, if we catch you on the sideline Sit, no worries I need meet, up with, meet up with you maybe have a beer i don't know if you're allowed to do that during the games but uh worst case scenario we'll, we'll catch you for an interview or something but talk you got any uh final questions for brett here before we we let him go yeah i think um I mean, we've we, I, we've asked so many NLL-based questions and we've talked to so many NLL guys and, you know, everyone's got their different take about the league and 
you know, what venues suck and what venues don't suck and all that kind of stuff. But we don't, you know, we haven't really talked to anyone about the PLL side or, you know, playing in both leagues and um, which is, you know, ridiculously common now. And um, I guess kind of for you, what's, what's the experience like as a player in the PLL? Because, you know, we get this, we get this media image um, that is, is great. I mean, they, they really do a, a phenomenal job at, at putting every aspect of the event out there. Um, I mean, like I remember uh, the Albany stop, um, I was watching as many videos that made me feel like I was there just in from the fan fest to the game, to the sideline, like they really kill the media experience of it, but what's it like as a player? Um, you know, what's the value like as a player and, and just the overall experience and timeline of when you're going spot to spot. Um, it's, it's really cool actually. Cause like you look at it, I'm looking at it back from like when I, when you graduate college, move into it, it's different. You're not, especially coming from a small school, like you're not used to a lot of cameras being all around. Um, and everything's ostracized, right? So, like, you're walking by and, like, again, I'm, I'm a rookie. I feel like I've also been around a lot of guys, but it's like, well, like, they're like, that's Grant Amant or, like, that's, like, rubbing out. Like, you see guys like that who are you like, okay, like, that's pretty cool. You're around those guys and now you're here. But um, from an experience perspective, like, it, it's great because I know these these fans that don't usually get the opportunity to go to more than one game and they, they're all kind of crazy for the for the game. Um, the, only, the only one thing that's, like, weird about it is that, like, um, a lot of these kids you find like aren't necessarily truly like you go to Buffalo, there's bandits fans, right? You go to these events, it's more so you cheer for who your favorite player is and you want to see what you can get. So if you give a kid a pair of gloves, they're going to be an archer fan now because like you gave them a pair of gloves, right? So that's the one thing that um, is good and bad. Like you, like you run out in Buffalo, it's a visiting team, you're getting booed. There's no questions about it, right? But nobody's booing you in the PLL really. It's everyone's cheering for you, every, each other, but it's still a great environment. Um, I enjoy it. It's it's fun. Um, the game's a lot faster, like once you see it in person than what it looks like from college. And then you go back and watch like high school. It's like, Jesus, this is fucking slow. Like I can't watch this anymore. And then like, yeah, it's just sure. difficult from there. Right. So, um, but like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of, it's really cool. And a lot of the venues, they set you up and they treat you like you're a, an NFL player. Like you go to Minnesota, you're, you're at the Vikings practice facility, eating where the Vikings eat, playing in that facility, the hotel overlooks things. Um, and a lot of the venues are really, really cool. I just feel bad because, you know, you want to be able to give these kids the stick, gloves, or whatever it is, right? But it's like, hey, boys, like, I can't give it to you. I need it now. Like, but it all be like, you're probably giving somebody something. Or your last game, you're probably giving somebody something. But, like, it's usually the same spots that tend to be where those options are. So you don't necessarily get to give everything out, which sucks. But that's one thing that comes with the nature of things, too, right? That's just pro sports. Awesome. Yeah, and I think it's – I think what the PLL has done, like, like being a college coach where I am um, in the Midwest, the game is, is still becoming educated. People are still, but you know, when the PLL um, took off and especially now with it being on ESPN and such, like I have, you know, coworkers from other sports that are like, Oh, like I tuned into a PLL game this weekend. Like, that's so cool. Like I get lacrosse now, like that's, I get why you like it. But like, so having that as an option and allowing people from a fan perspective to see it more accessibly globally, digitally is incredible. So then, you know, for you to have like that experience in person with the fans, I mean, I'm sure it's 10 times the impression you make on them as somebody watching on TV, which is just, uh, it's incredible. It really is incredible. Yeah. Like I was crazy that like the other day I was lifting and I like, I lifted my apartment gym here um, in, in Georgia and like I'm, the TV's on ESPN. I look over and I'm like, no. They got fucking, they got Owen Grant on the TV. They're comparative to Draymond Green. So I take a full text. I was like, man, I'm trying to lift here. Get the fuck off the screen, man. 
Um, but look, it's really cool. Like they're doing stuff like that. And like um, it, it grows the brand for these players, the sport grows, right. Everything else is kind of um, carried out with it. So I think it just, it's, it's, it's really cool to see that happen. And then it's also just like, you're going um, to see where the sport kind of goes from here on out, both in the NLL and the PLL, right. They're both growing. I think they need to do a better job of both not stepping on each other's heels. And I understand um, where they're coming from, from both aspects of things, but they're not into the same entity at all. So it's difficult. I know that some of the things that the players have asked for um, on the NLL side to not really have an overlap between the two. Cause like, if you want to do lacrosse full-time, you have to play in both leagues. Right. Uh, more American guys are playing box now and more Canadian guys are playing field. The your opportunity to do both is there. Um, and you're able to live off that, those wagers too, which is, which is great. So I think that um, for people to be able to do that, um, it means a lot. But I also think that at some point when you figure something out, if we want to be able to um, be, what's the proper term, uh, compensate the same way that the NFL, the NBA, the NHL does. Um, and I think eventually it'll get there, but we just need to have more people, more eyes on the sport. So I feel like it always blows up on lacrosse Twitter. Anytime somebody talks about certain records or something like that. So true. Thank you. Thank you, Twitter world, for all that kind of commentary. Gosh. <laughs> I think uh, cool. I think we're pretty excited to see the the crossover too, just only only grow more, right? Where you're seeing just more NLL guys in the PLL and vice versa. I mean, would love to just continue to see those leagues grow, you know, parallel to each other, right? And and maybe even I don't think they'll ever become one league by any means, but you know, just the more guys that are doing both and representing the the both brands, I think that'll be great for for the game in general and uh, you know that crossover and whatnot. But Brad, it's been awesome. Or Brad, excuse me, um, it's been a long day. Brett, it has been uh, fantastic talking to you, brother. It's it, it's really great to have you on. Your perspective has been great. Um, really appreciate all the commentary you you've given, and uh, we're excited to catch up with you here in a few weeks at the uh, World Championship. So. Uh, if there's anything else you want to shout out before we let you go here, by all means, the floor is yours. No, I got nothing else, boys. Appreciate you guys having me. It's been a not necessarily a long day, but it's the start of it. I got a bunch of lessons I got to go do after this. So uh, I got to get ready for that. And, um, yeah, so I appreciate you guys having me on. We'll see you guys in San Diego. And uh, let me know if you guys need anything else. That's cool. Good. Appreciate, appreciate you, bro. No problem. Anytime. Have a good one, brother. You too.